All right, so we got another episode with Kenny Cashman. We had said that we were going to do eight episodes with thinking we'd have eight different guests. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard to limit Kenny to one episode, especially when it's the first one. So good to have you back right away. Thanks. Happy to be back so fast. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it made sense for Kenny to talk about the AFC South as a Jaguars fan, but it makes just as, if not more sense, for you to talk about the AFC East, of course, as a Patriots fan the two of you and hey all of us are rocking our patriots gear (laughs) we have kenny in a matthew judon jersey brian in a patriots shirt and i got my steely juju smith schuster jersey on so i am uh fully prepared to join in on you guys and you know how how high i'm sure we're feeling about the uh six times super bowl champs right well yeah well uh, (laughs) we'll see we'll see about that go jags uh well <laughs> we'll uh we'll get to the patriots at some point here but i think it makes sense to start with the team who has finished at the top of the division the past three seasons that is the buffalo bills since tom brady left the patriots at the end of the 2019 season buffalo has assumed the new top of the the totem pole bottom of the totem pole whatever the the correct order is there in the afc east with uh 2020, 2022, winning convincingly. 2021, it was close to the Patriots put up a fight. But regardless, the Bills have won three years in a row. And heading into the season, we'll talk about those other teams, but there's reasons to maybe feel better about those three teams. But the question we're going to ask in regards to the Bills is, heading into 2023, are they still the clear favorites in a potentially loaded AFC East? I I still believe the Bills should be viewed as the favorites to win the division, but to say that they're the clear favorites, I think would be wrong. I, I just think that all three teams in their division in Miami, New York, and New England have all improved in their own ways, uh, some more than others. And I think it's fair to question Buffalo after how the last two seasons have ended and the way they did in the playoffs in, in the divisional round. And it's fair to question if you think that they're still going to be in the mix or if they're uh, due to take a step back. And, you know, the Bills have stated they want Josh Allen to become less of a runner and more of a passer, which I think is totally fair just given how much of a beating he takes at his size. And you you don't want him to become like Cam Newton and, and just be a shell of himself. So I think it makes sense that they want him to be less of a runner and more of a passer. But at the same time, that part of his game is is so great that that could hurt the offense more possibly. And I think it's fair to question what, how good their weapons are after Stefan Diggs. Cause if they were to lose Diggs, they're screwed, but I, I, I still like Buffalo. Uh, I, I think, I think uh, people, one thing people are forgetting is how, how bad uh, it was injury wise for their defense. Cause they lost Micah Hyde to a neck injury and they get him back. Von Miller, he had an ACL injury, and they get him back. And they had Tredavious White at the end of last year, but he wasn't the same. And I'd like to think that him being healthy for week one, he'll be a better corner than he was last year. And so I think their defense could could be uh, a lot better this season than it was last year I mean not that it was bad but I just think losing all those guys last year definitely hurt their defense especially in the divisional round and 
I, you know, Sean Mc, Sean, no, I almost said McVeigh, but Sean McDermott, <laughs> he'll be the defensive play caller this year, and I, I think that's a positive because just the way the last two seasons have ended in the playoffs, where you know, that that game versus Kansas City, they lose even though they were winning with 13 seconds left to go, and they give up, they that they gave up so many points. Granted, it was a good elite offense in Kansas City, but still, that was pretty pretty bad how that game ended especially on the defensive side and then and then just last year versus Cincinnati the way that ended and I think it's fair to question like how Leslie Frazier was as the defensive play caller so I think Sean McDermott being the defensive play caller will be a plus for them and so I I still like Buffalo and I still I still uh, have them winning this division but just given how how uh, how much the other three teams have improved and how it's it's ended the last couple of seasons with with Buffalo. I, I, I don't think they're the clear favorites this year. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, Brian. Um, I think that the the key word here is clear. Like, yes, I think that the Bills are the favorites to win, and they should be. But I don't think it's clear. Uh, I think they're. I would still put them definitely in the top three teams in the AFC. But I feel like they could fall out of that this season. Um, you mentioned Diggs, Brian, and that what do they really have after Diggs? They don't have anyone really reliable. And I also, I haven't heard any updates super recently, but I don't know what was going on with Diggs. Yeah, the way there. that yeah. ended in Cincinnati, or not in Cincinnati, versus Cincinnati in Buffalo last season with when it was clear that it was over and Diggs is just yelling at Josh Allen on the uh, on the sidelines uh, you know, being mad at him, of course, the competitor he is. But then it it, it kind of didn't end, even though the, the season was no. over. There were still talks about how Diggs stormed out of the locker room and then didn't report to OTAs. And it's like, is this actually going to be a, a well, thing yeah, that he continues? Had, <laughs> yep. He had some tweet about how, like, people don't care. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was pointed at Josh Allen. And he's more recently said it's water under the bridge, but... I mean, after seeing his departure from Minnesota, it's like, you yeah, know, I was going to say, yeah. very similar. So it, right. So it's like, if something happens there, if, if, you know, if it doesn't work out with Diggs, I think that's going to be a huge hit to the bills. And so I, you know, even if that doesn't happen, you know, I don't know with all the problems, with all the problems with Diggs, even if he stays, I'm not as sold on Buffalo as I used to be. Uh, and I also feel like Allen stepped up in 2020 that he, he, you know, came into his own and became the elite quarterback we've seen, but he hasn't really advanced since then, I don't think. Uh, and so I, I'm looking still for, for more, not more athletically from Allen, but I don't know. I can only watch someone lose in the playoffs so many times in like kind of the same fashion before I start to question like what what's missing i guess i don't know i you really could say either two years ago or last year one or the other or both that they were kind of at the mountaintop and they didn't take advantage and 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 because they didn't now you can question uh are they going to get back to the mountaintop and if they or near it at least and if they do can they take advantage this time around or is it just going to be the same thing again and again yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's fair to question. It, it it does. It feels to me like 
a possible decline and not to get too ahead of myself uh, talking about other teams, but I feel like there's been a lot of talk with, with, you know, the other division we discussed before the AFC South, people seem to think it's up for grabs. I feel like this division is way more up for grabs. Uh, So I, I, yeah, I put the bills at the top, but it's not by a lot. And I think that they could come crumbling down this season. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what the two of you would think about the Bills this season, um, especially kind of in terms of the wording of this question. So I agree, clear favorites is foolish to say. I mean, they they won by four and a half games last year. Like, they deserve to still be viewed as the favorites. I get why, you know, the betting markets kind of go to that direction. But, Brian, you nailed it earlier, saying that other three teams on paper are better like they made major moves to improve their roster the bills didn't really do anything and part of that was because the cap space situation they have is not the same as it's been in past years when they can go out and get a splash player like von miller last offseason and i don't want to say that the bills super bowl window has closed or anything but their window of being like a surefire top team in the afc feels like it's kind of shut at this point like the competition is so much closer now and that's kind of what happens yeah, when your the, quarterback is no longer on a rookie exactly I'm, I'm not gonna say that like, oh buffalo has no chance of making the super bowl no like, i i definitely still think they're a super bowl contender but you're they're making it more difficult on themselves because they didn't take yep. advantage of the situation the past two seasons and the AFC along with their own division is only getting better. Yeah, and I guess I I kind of disagree with your thoughts on Sean McDermott versus Leslie Frazier because I think Leslie Frazier got a lot of praise. That Chiefs game, I just think that was a worn out defense. Came down to a coin flip. So if, I'm you know so I'm, Josh I'm Allen putting, is correct. Putting too much focus on those critical games while. The, a well, body of whole no just that game in oh, particular okay. <laughs> because after that game like they came into last season they were the favorites like everyone was really high in the bills like this is finally the year and then as the season played out they beat kansas city on the road and you know they end up half game back i think uh who knows they beat cincinnati they're the one seed and said they end up as a two seed but they never go to arrowhead because they lose in embarrassing fashion to the bengals and to me that is a big thing that should be focused on and you know, the whole stefan Diggs situation i don't think that there's really a resolution on that it could sound silly if you know Diggs and allen remain best friends he feels happy about the situation goes off has another you know pro bowl all pro wide receiver caliber season but it feels like that could blow up at any moment. And like you said, Kenny, if things go wrong there, really, Brian, I mean, if Diggs is no longer in the picture, that Buffalo offense is not as explosive. And you know, their defense was really good last season. I think they were number one in DVOA defensively. Okay, yeah, like, so they were still um, good. It's just, it's just that losing mm-hmm. you know, a few of your key players on defense I th- yeah, oh, finally it, caught up to it them. Definitely, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, no, I, I think that there's, this Bill's stock is trending down. So favorites in the division, sure. Like, you know, there's a lot of gap to close. And let's be honest, can we really be surefire about any of these three teams? You know, especially teams like the Jets and the Dolphins, who have historically never been good. But that being said, clear favorites, you know, they missed the window. They really did. I think that it seems like we're all relatively in agreement on this team here. So. Um, so I guess, you know, that being said, let's kind of talk about some of those other teams. And I think it's fair to talk about the biggest splash, probably of the entire offseason, that is Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets after playing for the Packers his entire career. Last season, the Jets got off to a strong start, but Zach Wilson 
Uh, I think it was really against the Patriots, had a, an awful performance and took no accountability, found himself benched, and the Jets season was effectively over at that point. So uh, they went out and got Aaron Rodgers, and expectations are very high for this team that hasn't made the playoffs since, I believe, the 2010 season. So uh, one question that you know Brian was a big fan of last year when we asked about the Bengals, we're going to ask you again about the Jets. Are the Jets more likely to miss the playoffs or go to the Super Bowl? I have the Jets in my own playoff picture, but if it's between contending for a Super Bowl or missing the playoffs entirely, I will definitely side with missing the playoffs entirely. And I don't blame anyone for buying into the Jets hype this season. They could potentially have an elite defense this year with, especially with their pass rush. They they extended Quinnen Williams and Two two consecutive consecutive seasons they've drafted Jermaine Johnson and Will McDonald, both pass rushers in the first round, and so they could have a really great pass rush. And they drafted Sauce Gardner in the first round also last year. And after one season, he's arguably one of the best, if not the best, corner in the league. And so their defense. Remember my bull prediction I, that he was going to yeah. suck as a rookie. <laughs> oh, 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 I thought it was he was going to be good, but you said he, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, but I mean whatever. But anyway, anyway, yeah, like so their defense could be pretty awesome this year. And yeah, speaking of Zach Wilson, the biggest thing that held him back last year was Zach Wilson and and just him just playing as awful as he did, especially against the Patriots. Those are two winnable games for the Jets and they and they couldn't win. They couldn't especially that second game. They couldn't even score a touchdown. It took a punt return uh for someone to win that game. And yeah, so and now Aaron Rodgers in New York and so it makes all the sense that people are believing the Jets and I am to an extent. But ultimately the reason why I side with them missing the playoffs over contending or making the Super Bowl is that I well one simply I just believe in too many other teams in the AFC over the Jets and even though Aaron Rodgers is definitely an upgrade over Zach Wilson I I think his play has slipped uh from his MVP years and I question his work ethic and his and his commitment and you know that old line is brutal as well I don't think people realize that and their weapons on offense I don't think are as good as they're being hyped up to be like Garrett Wilson. I definitely think will have a great year. Aaron Rodgers already loves him, and so. But after him, I question their weapons. Brees Hall, I think it was had a really good start to his rookie season, but he tore his ACL and he's slowly getting back. And I, I, I question his health entering this year and 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 beyond. And and Dalvin Cook, they just added in free agency, which I think will, which will help. But I do think Dalvin Cook had a pretty kind of a down year last year and I question how effective he'll be even though I think he'll be fine um and then Alan Lazard I know Aaron Rodgers loves him but I I don't love that as a number two option uh on their offense in terms of their receiving core and you know you know Nathaniel Hackett uh, just such a such a mess in Denver last year and now he's their new offensive coordinator uh, which I I he's not a head coach though I don't know I, I'm Rogers loves him but I I don't I don't get it like he was so bad in Denver and then that whole situation speaking of Denver like you know Sean Payton calls out uh, the coaching staff from last year and says like that was one of the worst coaching jobs of like ever and Aaron Rodgers is all butthurt over it like Sean Payton is trying to talk up his guy 
And 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 Nathaniel Hackett did suck last year. I like so. I, I'm. It's a fun you know, rivalry. You know, people are least. saying that. Speaking of the Broncos, people are saying the Jets could be like uh, last year's Broncos, <laughs> uh, beat that version of them. I think that's going too far. Like because they have a a more established head coach and and quarterback and but I don't know. Like to to say that they're contending for a Super Bowl, I I, I don't fully buy. Even though there's a lot of talent on that team and. Uh, you know, one of these three teams that we mentioned, Bills, Jets, and Miami, uh, one of these teams is going to fail. And <laughs> like, There's just a lot of dysfunction with all three of those teams. It wouldn't surprise me if it's the Jets. Uh, I'm not, but I'm not going to say like, oh, they're going to suck. Like th- they're the most bet team in terms of missing the playoffs, believe it or not. Because uh, you know, I think people, anytime the hype is gets way too out of control, people want to go the other way and I get it. Uh, so I'm, it's kind of a lukewarm take where I'm not going that far in terms of like, oh, they're going to suck. Like, no, I still think they're a playoff team. There's just too much talent uh, on their team on both sides, especially defensively. But if it's one or the other, I'll say miss the playoffs though. Yeah, I mean, again, I agree with what you're saying, Brian. In fact, I th- I feel a little bit more strongly in that, yeah, I expect the Jets to make the playoffs, but between these two, I think there's next to no chance they get to the Super Bowl and there's a decent chance they miss the playoffs. I mean, it's a tough conference. It's a tough division. You know, I don't know why you guys keep talking about three teams in the division. There are four teams in the division, guys. Uh, I did not say three. I did. I'll admit. No, no. (laughs) Three contenders for this division. (laughs) In all, we'll we'll get to the Patriots. But in all all seriousness, uh, you know, I, I... think that there's going to be a lot of tough games within the division. I think that there'll, you know, I'm not going to say, I've heard people say that every team in the division is going to go three and three within the division. I don't think that's likely, but I I think there's going to be some tough games. I don't think that the Jets sweep the division. Certainly. I don't think they necessarily sweep maybe one of these teams. I won't say which, uh, <laughs> but, but I, I just think, I think they have a chance of missing the playoffs, and I don't think they really have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Of, of course, there is a chance, but honestly, I think Aaron Rodgers is a choke artist. I It's been quite a while since he's really done anything noteworthy. He loves to blame the people around him, but I mean, maybe he should have a chat with Taylor Swift. Maybe he's the problem. I, you know, <laughs> we'll see. How, and, you know, he brings in all his friends from Green Bay, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but... I think I think that the Jets are going to be a, a massive improvement from last season, but they also started from so much lower. You know, they made great offseason improvements, but you know, to to start from essentially the bottom to, you know, make great improvements, yeah, they probably will make the playoffs. That's pretty good considering what they were. Um I haven't been since 2010, so I think it. Right, I believe it's the longest playoff drought in the league. Yeah, it's been point. 12 years that now. Sounds and, and, right. Yeah, and yeah, like speaking of Aaron Rodgers, like you mentioned, Kenny, like yeah, he's he's a still a good quarterback in the league. I, right, but I'm not the guy that. is a choke artist, and I yeah, I I I, I always question Rodgers, like yeah, like one his work ethic and how. How well he performs in big games. I think we, there's a long track record of not doing that, 
And so, well, and, and I think I understand people being enamored. Like I hate Aaron Rodgers, but I heard a, a little, a brief interview with I believe Peter Schrager. And I was like, man, this guy sounds so likable. I hate him. But I, you know, even just <laughs> listening to him talk, it's like, yeah, you know what? You do seem like a cool guy. And so I understand like everyone around him in New York, like being super excited but I mean, that's not going to win games like your quarterback being friends with everyone and doing all this fun New York stuff. That doesn't mean anything on the field. So 18 teams out of 32 miss the playoffs. Uh, if you just gave every team, a, you know, the equal odds and you'd have a greater chance of missing the playoffs and making the playoffs just on that alone. Only two out of 32 make the Super Bowl. Um, which, of course, is much longer odds than 18 out of 32. And uh, if you just want to go, just referencing the Kansas City Chiefs and FanDuel. FanDuel has them at minus 500 to make the playoffs, effectively 83.3% chance to get in, 16.7% to get out, at least according to a chart. You know, if someone else wants to run the number, it sounds about right. Um, and I believe they have them at plus 350 to make the Super Bowl. And I think um, plus six hundred or seven hundred to, to win. Yeah, plus three fifty to win the AFC. Uh, so you which, really, so basically, what you're trying to say is like you could say that about any team. <laughs> yeah, basically saying that statistically, the odds of you missing the playoffs versus making it to the Super Bowl, um, they might be the exception. Maybe them and the Eagles. Like I, I don't know. There's a couple of teams that maybe have a greater chance statistically according to the betting markets. So um, yeah, so the right answer may- is maybe- probably. Well, well, no, what I was gonna, say. Well, I was gonna yeah, say. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just no, gonna say it. that. Hey, maybe the question maybe should have been worded: uh, miss the playoffs no. or make the make the AFC championship. But I just well, thought it was. A I get it. No, I, I like the. Yeah, I like the question. Yeah. It made more sense for the Bengals last year, given that they did go to the Super they Bowl. Did like, make they did. More likely to yeah. go back or just completely miss the playoffs. Um, but that being said. Uh, I don't necessarily care about the odds. I'm going to be one of those people who buys into the Jets hype and say that they're more likely to go to the Super Bowl, which could sound stupid. I get it. Like, I was not a fan of Aaron Rodgers the past couple seasons. You know, I, I all of a sudden am finding myself here. And there's a lot of comparisons to Brett Favre going to the Jets, saying Aaron Rodgers going from the Packers, playing his whole career there, now going to the Jets. Let's fast forward to Brett Favre going to the Vikings. And that, forget about that 9-7 and seven season in New York. Let's focus on that team that went 13-3, and three, went to the NFC Championship game. I think that, I, I can't help myself. I, I look at this Jets team, another comparison, Tom Brady going to the Bucs in 2020. That team is a quarterback away. They had a horrible quarterback situation. Jameis was much better than Zach Wilson, but he also threw 30 interceptions that year. They had a great defense, great weapons. The Jets, maybe their weapons aren't as good as Michael Evans and Chris Godwin, but this defense could be so good. And that Bucks team had question marks on the offensive line. How much of the Jets' offensive line struggles this training camp are going against the best defensive line in the league that they would never have to play? I don't know. I, I'm going to take the side to say like the Jets are going to be really good this year. I, I can't help myself. Uh, this is one of those takes where I've been back and forth on it ever since it happened. And I'm going to be one of those people who buys into this team. I think there's, like you said, there's a lot of people betting them to miss the playoffs. I feel like there's enough people going in the other direction that I'm going to buy into the hype. I look at a team that could have the best defense in the league and they went out and got a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has to be an MVP for the Jets to make the playoffs. And look, he's a choke artist. He can choke in the AFC Championship game. He can throw an interception in overtime in Arrowhead or in Cincinnati or wherever and they go to the Super Bowl instead. But 
I, I like this team's chances of, you know, making the playoffs, making some noise. And uh, the AFC is loaded. It's, it's going to be a difficult conference. Uh, but, you know, last season we said the same thing. And look at how many teams just choked and were not as good as we thought they would be. So I See, think, uh, e- yeah. Even though I'm, I'm siding the other way, missing the playoffs between the two, I did say, like, I don't blame people, though, for buying in the hype. Because I, I do, uh, I, I am high on them defensively. Mm-hmm. Compared to the offense, like I, I think I have more questions about them offensively. Um, yeah, which but... it's it's a little fair. I get it. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was not great last season, but he did kind of pick things up down the stretch, and then you know that Week 17 game against Detroit was not very good. It was kind of a a nice way for him to end in Green Bay. If you hate the Packers, but uh, Brady also his last pass as a Patriot was an interception, and then he goes to Tampa wins Super Bowl. Not saying the same thing's gonna happen with Rodgers, but I think that the situations are similar enough that I can kind of talk myself into it. Again, with Minnesota, just looking at that Vikings team, going from Tavares Jackson, they were good enough to make the playoffs. Now, last year's Jets team wasn't good enough to make the playoffs, but I don't know. I I like this team. I'm not picking them to go to the Super Bowl, but I think that they're good enough to win a playoff game, find themselves in the Final Four, and then at that point, I might as well just keep going uh, you know, on that side of it, if both of you are going to say miss the playoffs, so that's that's fair. Because uh, I mean, I I still have them, even if I'm, even if I'm siding with missing the playoffs, like I still have them in in, in the playoffs as a yeah. as a wild card. Mm-hmm. And I think Kenny said the same thing too. Yeah, I expect them to go to the playoffs, but I, you know, I I think I don't know. We'll we'll talk more about about the interdivisional stuff, but I someone's i mean most likely someone here is yeah. going to miss the playoffs so. at least one maybe two look and look they are the jets <laughs> like of course right. that they is are thing still thing the jets you have to be worried about they are still the new york jets and uh you know it's anything that you want to say is a guarantee with them if anything it's guaranteeing that something will go wrong instead of everything going right so i get it but i'm going to be one of those people that champions esteem and I might look foolish in the end, but I'm gonna I'm gonna buy I, into I this hype and you. see I, where I, it takes I get me. it. <laughs> um, all right, so with that, let's uh, move on and talk about another team in this division and uh, a team that did make the playoffs last year. This is the Miami Dolphins, and they got off to a really strong start, eight and three. Things were looking great. Tua Tagovailoa was having a lot of believers, but uh, December hits and. Things don't go so well with the Dolphins. Tua starts dealing with injuries on top of not as great performances and losing. Dolphins still end up making the playoffs, but they get in as a seven seed and uh, did not look like the same team at the start of the season. And now they head into this year with questions about Tua's health. And will he be able to return to just being on the field, playing and staying healthy? Uh, So let's just assume that he is able to do that. Are the Dolphins then capable of winning what should be a really difficult AFC East? If Tua stays healthy along with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, I think the Dolphins are capable of winning the division. I think it's still fair to question Tua as a long-term option because he doesn't have the greatest arm talent and his injury history is a major concern, but we also saw what he's capable of with explosive multiple explosive options to throw to and even though they were a seven seed from september to november the dolphins were eight and oh in games that Tua was healthy in and any game that 
that involved a loss. It, it was Tua got injured or a backup came in, and what if it was Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson? They just didn't perform well enough, and so we, we've seen what their upside is when all three are healthy. Uh, not that Tyreek or Jalen Waddle missed time, but but I just think they rely so much on that trio that if any of the three were to miss time, then it'd be trouble. But uh, you know, both both Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, like they they uh, I mean, they were great last year. Like Ty- Tyreek could have flirted with two thousand yards. Like he he's already talked about it this off season where like he thinks he can get two thousand, and honestly, he probably could have uh, had a chance at that last year if Tua was healthy all year and you know even though Jalen Waddle his his production in terms of uh his targets and catches dropped his receiving yards went went a lot higher and I think it's because of the presence of Tyreek Hill and so just having both those guys on the field with just that much speed just makes their offense really great and you know they got a good running back group too like Mostert and Jeff Jeff Wilson you know they they've had multiple years with Mike McDaniel uh in his offense and uh, and they drafted uh, Devin uh, A-Chain, who I think will make an impact because he's definitely got plenty of speed as well. And then defensively, they're they're not special. They're very middle of the pack. Uh, I mean, well, their 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 secondary took a hit last year uh, in in some games, especially that week two game. But it's a shame that Jalen Ramsey got here because even though I don't love him, love Jalen Ramsey, he, he still would have helped their defense a lot. But he does come back in December. Um, Probably, yeah. yeah, and he might come back sooner. He thinks he'll come back. Yeah, sooner. and so again, if if the the trio their trio on offense, if they stay healthy, their offense is so explosive that if their defense can just be good, uh, I think they'll be in every game that they play. I mean, I I don't have them winning the, the division, of course, but I I would I still give them a chance, though. Honestly, I, I'm tipping my hand a little bit here, but. I honestly think anyone is capable of winning this division if the if the if the chips fall correctly. Uh, I th- certainly I, I hate to I hate to even in these conversations, um, you know, bring up the what happens if this person gets injured because it's such an unfortunate part of the game. But that is something you certainly have to consider here. Um, I heard that. Tua had considered uh, retirement in the offseason. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. th- so. One of the biggest reasons why I'm not gonna be ultimately in on Miami is because I, I like I hate the like oh well if he's healthy kind of thing too like you mentioned yeah. Kenny when it's with when it comes to Tua though oh it's such a real thing right, he's yeah, one yeah. concussion away from just just being done period mm-hmm. in the NFL well, and so he's like the guy that I do do not trust to stay healthy right. whatsoever. Well, given I was, how last year went. I was talking to my dad yesterday and he recently read uh, the book Concussion um that the you know that the movie was based on and he was talking about how how bad it is with concussions. Honestly, Tua probably should have retired just given what he went through last season. He, he's he's probably going to suffer the consequences of that for the rest of his life as is. So if he gets hurt again, you know, I mean he, I know he had rib injuries as well, but the the concussion stuff is what's scary. And, um, yeah, I, I, the, the reason I hate talking about it is I, I don't like it to be, you know, I want everyone to be healthy. I, it's, it's such an unfortunate side of football that, that this yep. happens and, um, I, there's not really a way to fix it, unfortunately, I don't think, but, you know, assuming everyone is going to stay healthy on the Dolphins, 
um, or, you know, no more injuries. I know we talked about Jalen Ramsey. Uh, yeah, I definitely think they could win the division. If Ramsey comes back, uh, you know, midway or later through the season, probably later, if it's a time when there's, uh, when the division's up for grabs, that'll be a great time for him to come back and, and step in and help the team. Um, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I feel like the way I feel about this division is kind of, uh, how I how I frequently give non answers of maybe, but it just it really feels like this division could go anyway. You know, I feel like the Bills are slipping. I feel like the Jets should be good or great. If the Bills slip and the Jets are just good, yeah, Miami could take this. I think I think it's so it's so up in the air because we don't know. There's three teams that that should be really good but could falter. And then there's one team that should be bad, but we'll see. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I think, I think Miami could definitely, could definitely pull through. Uh, I, it's, it's just so, it's so hard for me to call, but yeah, I think, I think this division is going to be very tight. Um, and I don't think, I don't think anyone's going to run away with it. So I think, I think, you know, at least three teams will probably be in the mix late into the season. And yeah, I think Miami could, uh, I think they could pull it off. I agree that this should be a close division. Uh, I also agree that a healthy Tua is capable of winning the division with Miami. And I, I get it. I'm wanting to talk about it because, you know, last season was very alarming just throughout the year, whether it's concussions early in the season and then it piling up late again uh, in December and ultimately costing them a potential playoff run, given that they went toe to toe with the Bills with Skylar Thompson. Who knows how that could have played out if Tua stays healthy. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm going to take this one a step further, and I'm going to say that the Dolphins are capable of winning a division, even if Tua can't be relied on throughout the season. Whether it's Mike White, whether it's making a trade for Sam Darnold or Trey Lance or some other unknown person, and I, that comes with the caveat that the defense makes a huge improvement with someone who some people would say is one of, if not the best defensive coordinators in the league and Vic Fangio. That is, to me, the wild card is what effect does he have on this defense? He hasn't been to D.C. since 2018 with the Bears. His time as head coach with the Broncos didn't go so great. He was some type of special advisor for the Eagles last season. I don't think that he was the reason why they went to the Super Bowl, why their defense was as good as it was. Uh, I also don't think that this Dolphins team necessarily has the talent that the Bears defense had in 2018, especially without Jalen Ramsey. But his last season as defensive coordinator, the Bears did lead the league in turnovers force, 36, interceptions, 27. They were third in total defense, second in yards per play allowed, and first in scoring defense. How much of that was on Vic Fangio versus the players there? I don't know. The Bears' defense certainly is not as good as it was then, but they also don't necessarily have the same type of players then. Uh, to me, that's really what the factor is. I think if the Dolphins can find a seamless replacement at quarterback, which is it's not easy. I mean, you're talking about Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers just now, and like those two are arguably top 10 quarterbacks in the league. I don't think Skylar Thompson is leading this team throughout an entire 17-game season to win the AFC East. But because of you know how good this offense can be having options like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle I think that with the right quarterback in place whether that's Tua or someone else that they bring in acquire Mike White whoever that the Dolphins could maybe win the division or at least compete to win the division at least be a playoff team and like a legitimate threat if the defense does take a big leap with Vic Fangio which of course it's a big if 
Um, just you know, like we said, the the talent on the defensive side of the ball, it's been better in Miami in recent years. You know, they have some question marks there, but I still, you know, I think that Fangio alone could have a pretty big impact in getting this defense to to where it needs to be. That they're maybe not like the top of the league, but can at least overcome the offense losing, you know, their their quarterback. So those are all fair points, but one thing I will say though is. So if it's Mike White or someone that they trade for, assuming Tua is out mm-hmm. <laughs> again. Yeah, if that scenario were to happen. If, if that scenario were to happen. If it's Mike White or someone that they trade for that has upside, then I wouldn't count out Miami. If it's Skylar Thompson, <laughs> stop. <Yes. laughs> no, it's, no it's, it's again, a, I'm not picking Skylar Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> it is a good point, though, that the, the Bills barely won that wild card game last season against Skylar Thompson. No, I don't think Skylar Thompson wins the division, but, you know, that everyone knows. It is crazy that they just, almost won that game, though. Right. It's yeah. not just the quarterback, but. No. If you could do that with Skylar Thompson there, no, I don't think that he should be your choice here. But yeah, it, they probably could. It shows, yeah, it shows that the team, like there's enough there right, that right. a competent quarterback. Uh, and look, I don't blame Skylar Thompson for losing a playoff game in Buffalo on the road. I blame a lot more of why Miami wasn't able to pull that off on the coaching staff and really just the Bills in, in general as a team. So um, yeah, I think that, it's not impossible. Ultimately, I think Tua gives them a better chance than any other potential name that comes in here, short of maybe pulling Tom Brady. But now that he's owning the Raiders, <laughs> like I don't think that's even possible. So I was um, I was just you know, maybe Philip Rivers. He almost came out to the Niners. <laughs> I don't. Just, so. Brief brief side note. Could, could, do, do you know could Brady play? Like I don't even know if he would be allowed to play. I, I mean, unless it was the, the Raiders. I mean. Yeah, he definitely couldn't play for another team. Like that, that that would be right. a joke at That's, this point of him going to Miami. But yeah, because I, I I, I've heard know. people talk I'm, about that, but I didn't know. I'm pretty sure that Michael Jordan was like co-owner slash player on the Washington Wizards, right? Or is that wrong? I couldn't. Tell I, you. I, I couldn't. I, tell I don't you. know. Again, different sport. 25 years ago, but yeah, I mean it, that. <laughs> just throwing out a name just to <laughs> just say one. Um, not really being serious with that. So Miami's not anyway. far from Tampa. No, yeah, I mean that they were a logical choice. You know, they were talked about for a reason. So, yeah. but anyway, um, with that, let's you know talk about Tom Brady's old team. Let's talk about your team. Uh, you know, at least so I think is Kenny's favorite team. Never know these days where, where they <laughs> rank. It's uh, <laughs> only Brian's favorite. That's the New England Patriots, and uh, things have not been as great as they were in the the twenty years of the uh bill belichick tom brady era as the mac jones slash cam newton bill belichick era uh, of the past three seasons last year the patriots went eight and nine just barely missed the playoffs but uh certainly had a lot of problems uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball so uh, i guess the question we're going to ask is have the patriots done enough this offseason to be true playoff contenders once again I think it would be wrong to say that the Patriots have no chance of winning the division or making the playoffs, but their chances are so, so slim. And I personally don't think they've done enough this offseason to 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 really contend for the division or even the play even for the playoffs, just given how good the AFC is. And look, I, I think I really believe that 
their roster this year is better than it was last year from top to bottom and including the coaching staff. Um, and, but, but at the same time, I just, I just don't think they have enough playmakers on their offense. Just, you know, they, they, yes, they brought in Juju, but they also don't have Jacoby Myers. And, uh, I guess it's arguable like which, which guy's better, but I don't know. I just, I just don't like that. They didn't bring back Jacoby Myers and not saying that Jacoby Myers is some sort of elite receiver, but he was really Max, Max, Mac Jones's go-to guy, and he really trusted him, and was definitely uh, a definitely key part of their offense last year. And even though it's nice that Juju's here, I I don't think he's a number one receiver in the league. It's debatable if he's even a number two. And there are definitely questions, uh, injury concerns with his knee. And you know, looking at the rest of their offense, like I like the Kasiki move definitely better than Jonu Smith, but he he's already dealing with a shoulder issue, and I don't I, offensively it it's after Ramondre I don't love what they have offensively they have a lot of good uh decent okay receivers but to compete in this division and this conference uh the, the every, every other team like they a lot of teams have a lot of speed but this team has no speed anywhere and and not only that but they just brought in Ezekiel Elliott who's like the slowest guy (laughs) ever now (laughs) uh like oh we need more speed let's bring in Zeke and as much as I hate that move at the same time like after Ramondre Stevenson they're amazingly the Patriots of all teams they're lacking depth at the at that position so because uh Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris have not done the job in in their in training camp or in the preseason so as much as I kind of don't like it, especially since casuals will just love the name, I actually do think they needed a, a, another running back. And so I, I'm okay with the move, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think they have enough. They're, they're not explosive enough on offense. Uh, if, if the Patriots are going to compete this year for you know a real shot at the playoffs, I think they're going to have to win more games defensively. And you know there are guys I'm excited about. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they drafted Christian Gonzalez in the first round this year, and he You're fell welcome. all the way down to 17 when he was supposed <laughs> to be projected like top seven pick. And what did you say, Corey? I said you're welcome, which I guess is more the other way around. Right. Gonzalez instead of Roger Jones. Right, right. Uh, so I'm a fan of that pick, but uh, at the same time, he does look kind of small for the league right now, and I'm not sure if if he's ready for this season. Like I think he'll be a a, a really good corner in the league cuz I think the skill set is there but uh his the small glimpses of him in the preseason he looks he he doesn't look like he's built big enough and uh I don't know. Like he doesn't have an NFL body yet is basically what I'm trying to say. And so I'm still excited about that pick and and as well as uh Keon White, he looks like he could be a real force in their defense. And I, I, I like their defense, uh, you know, Judon, Dietrich Wise, like, they're definitely guys to be excited about, Uche, but if they're going to compete in this division and in this conference, like, they have to play at an elite level. Like, they, they, they did not, they went 8-9 and nine last year, but they really did not beat many good quarterbacks at all. It was like Jared Goff and, like, six other stiffs, and, like, Zach Wilson twice, Sam Ellinger. Yeah, Skylar Thompson, like they still haven't beaten Tua yet. <laughs> like they only yeah, beat the Dolphins, yeah. and Tua wasn't even in that game in Week 17. And so, 
now this year they have to face Mahomes, obviously Josh Allen twice, but now Aaron Rodgers twice, Herbert, Dak, and just it, the list goes on and on. Like their schedule is brutal this year. And so to say that the Patriots have zero chance would be wrong because we could see one or more of these other three teams uh, fail, uh, fail to meet expectations what, for unprecedented circumstances with with Tua or if the Jets don't meet uh, the hype or if the Bills do take a step back. But I, I just don't believe in the Patriots uh, really much at all this year. I still think they're a sub-500 team and honestly maybe lower. Uh, Brian, I don't even think you mentioned Jalen Hurts, who they have to st- who they have to open the season. Oh my God, and Jalen Hurts week one. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I, f- I just want to say first of all, the Patriots are my number one team. Okay. Then there's the Jaguars. Yeah. And then, no, I was and then kind of the Bengals. <laughs> okay. It's it's two and a half teams. Uh, but no, I, I honestly, I I've kind of I think I've kind of flipped flopped with Brian because I remember <laughs> I remember saying to Brian before that the Patriots would be lucky to get five wins this season, which they have. I I believe st- mathematically the hardest strength of, strength of schedule in the league. Uh, the, the, they they're only favored in four games this year, Insane. and that's versus Indianapolis, New Orleans, Las Vegas, and Washington. Those are the yeah. only four games that they're favored to to win this year. So, based on Vegas odds, they're they're uh, they're projected to be four and thirteen, which I don't. They're, they're not going to be four and thirteen. No. Like they're too well coached of a team. And they're they're not gonna they're gonna win they're gonna win a decent amount of games, but to, I, I question their upside, not their floor. Well, I think Vegas has them as well at seven and a half for the over under on wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more I hear about about you know how the team's doing, seven and a half seems a little bit low to me. I I don't think I think it's pretty clear who the the favorite to lose this division is but i also do feel like it's it could go any way you know it's it's the patriots have a massive uphill battle here because all three other teams need to not be as good as everyone is saying and the patriots have exactly. to be better than everyone's saying it's unlikely but i do think they're going to be better than people are saying i think that they're going to win some of those divisional games you know i think divisional games are weird and i also think that the, just the coaching changes alone here. Just getting that, yeah, that that does make massive. That does make a difference. I mean, you look it's, at it's, like Mac Jones. You, we, sorry, go on. When you go, so, no, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, like when you go from just two buffoons, yeah. who like have no <laughs> offensive experience whatsoever, and then you bring in Bill O'Brien, and I, I do not want to look at Bill O'Brien as like, oh, this mega genius, like he's gonna change everything. No, but just automatically, just his presence <laughs> over those two jackasses like are the the way that like mac jones has been in training camp the way he's sounded like he sounds so much happier yeah and and i've heard some quotes from like kendrick Bourne and hunter henry and they talked about like yeah bill o'brien he really knows what he's doing and like other phrases but it it just sounds like they have a functional offense again even if it's not explosive it's gonna be functional at least compared to last season where last season was a massive train wreck right and i i don't i agree i don't want to look at bill o'brien as like the savior like i i don't want to i don't want to overdo it but i do think it's worth it's worth acknowledging that it's not just a positive change because it was matt patricia and joe judge i think it's i think it's a good fit 
you know, I, yeah, Bill O'Brien didn't impress anyone in Houston, but I think that he's he has a good relationship with the team. He's been here before. He has a good relationship with Mac Jones, where there's a slight amount of history with their crossover at Alabama. I, I think it's a good fit, and I I think you know things might not be looking great, but I think they're looking up. And t- talking about Mac Jones, he. I have never been overly impressed with Mac Jones. I was pretty down on him even before last season. I was saying, you know, Mac Jones really has to has to show an improvement this year. Yeah, Mac Jones, so he obviously has to be better than last year. That's not debatable. Right. But for him to be the long-term option, he has to even be better than what he was in year one. Because, like, year one, yes, he was solid, and he was second in offensive rookie of the year. To Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. so he he and they and he brought him to the playoffs. Granted, they Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl or alternate, but Pro yeah, Bowl, Pro Bowl alter, <laughs> alternate hey, by hey. default. But so hey, yeah, no, but like there's, he showed some promise in that year, but it's not like oh he's like he's the future guy, he's like the next Brady or whatever. Like no, he has to. It's it's not debatable debatable that he has to be better than what he was last year, but he he has to be even better than what he was in year one for him to be you know, the long-term option. Uh, and I, I don't even, I don't think he is going to be the long-term option, but I, I think he, I think he is going to be the short-term option. And, you know, I think he's going to get more than just his rookie contract. I think he'll be back next year. I, it's no, I don't, I, I agree with that too. Cause the, you know, Belichick, he never wants to pay the quarterback position. Right. And well, he's Matt been Jones, spoiled. He, he's been spoiled so bad. I know. And, Mac Jones, yeah, like you said, he's on his rookie deal, and he'll—I mean, he'll be here, of course, this year. But I think he'll even be the quarterback next year, just given yeah. how, how how low he, his contract is compared to the rest of the league. Well, and I don't think—I uh, don't think it's fair to say let's throw out last year. Like you know, you, there's a lot to learn from last year. I think it needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be looked at. But in terms of in terms of growth and progression. Mac Jones was never going to do better last season than he did the year before. You know, I I'm definitely looking for him to be better than he was in year one. I was looking for that last year. It wasn't in the cards. So yeah, he needs to be better. But it seems like everything is lining up for for that to at least potentially happen. And so I think he's going to show improvement. I think there. It sounds like their defense is going to be really good. I feel a lot better if Jack Jones hadn't brought two loaded guns to an airport, but I still feel <laughs> yeah, really I good totally about their defense. About <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's happening. I think it's like next mid. It's, it's amazing whatever. that he's still here, but at the same time, it's he's he's on his rookie deal. He's a good player, and they need him. Yeah, and, I know. And it, it's not it's not like what it was in years past where if 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 Jack Jones did this and it was the 2004 version of the Patriots they would just right. let him go but this year this version of the Patriots he's he's going to be on the team and I, so I, yeah and i feel good whether he's there or not because i think it's mid september he has there's more of a decision going to be made i don't exactly know what the what the whole proceeding is going to be but even without Jack Jones i'm feeling good about the defense and I heard someone recently talking about how they think that uh, I don't remember the exact wording, but saying that Bill Belichick just doesn't view offense as important. I don't think that's true, but I think he kind of takes it for granted. You know, he for so long it 
you didn't really matter who you plugged in because you have Brady. And it's not that's not entirely true, but you also had people wanted to come to New England because it was Tom Brady. And so now their defense is looking really good. Their offense less so. And it's centered around Mac Jones, who no, I'm not overly impressed he, with. He definitely but. puts more importance on the defensive side of the ball. He wants to he wants to win with defense right. and establishing the run and be having the quarterback position have as less importance as possible and more shine on him and his defensive philosophy. Right. At least in my opinion. No, I completely agree with that. And he's you know, he comes from a defensive background, so to some extent that makes sense, but also, you've been a head coach for a long time, Bill. You could probably drop that and, you know, take care of the offense as well. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I think there's enough pieces here that, yes, I think the Patriots could win the division. I think they could be a playoff contender. I think they have the the worst chances in the division, but I just think the whole division is, is looking good. I think that it's going to be an extremely competitive division, and I don't think it's fair to write off Belichick and his team given the history. And, you know, people talk, people have been talking so much about Belichick being on the hot seat. That's ridiculous. Belichick could go 0-17, and and I don't think he'd lose his job. It's like, I don't think he's going anywhere. I I disagree with that. If, you know, if if they have an average season, like if they go 8-9 again, I think he's safe. But if, uh, if, if, if they go like, Four and thirteen. I, I I would say he's out. That's that's just me. Though. I could I could see him leaving before I could see him getting fired. Honestly, I don't. And you know, I'm probably wrong because that would be that would be you know quite a quite a stance to take to say no. My coach just didn't win a game, but we're keeping him. But it's Bill Belichick. I just don't think. I don't know. I think he. I well, think he if, leaves if on his were, terms. If there were any other coach that handled last year that. The way he did, That's they're true. gone. That's true. Like the way oh, the yeah, last yeah. three years yeah. have gone, uh-huh. any other coach would be gone. But because it's Bill, he still. Gets I mean, the- I'm willing to excuse 2020 and 2021, but yeah, last year was ugly. <laughs> yeah, last year was a fireball offense. It's just that he is Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it would be, it would take a lot for him to be just straight up fired. Like they'd have to have some type of backdoor negotiation. Um, to kind of get him out of there. It's what it seems like at this point, one of those like forced resignations, if you will. But I mean, I, you guys have been going back and forth. You've had a lot to say. I don't really <laughs> no. know how I want to start here, but it's fair. You two are Patriots fans. Um, I guess one question I'll ask is do both of you feel more confident in saying, yes, the Patriots did enough to make the playoffs. If uh, Bill Belichick decides to shell out for Deandre Hopkins, the same way the Titans did. I'm 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 still a no, but I would feel a little bit better. And I've said this numerous times already. Not the biggest DeAndre Hopkins fan, and there are plenty of other receivers I'd rather have on my team. But they need a number one receiver on their team, and they don't have that. And Juju is that by default. But but I I don't love their weapons offensively, and 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 I'd feel better about it if if Hopkins were there, and. But I mean, I would, I would still, I would still be low on the Patriots just because the other three teams are just have a lot more upside in my opinion, and their schedule is that much tougher. If you were taking this team and 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 their coaching staff with with Bill O'Brien as their OC, and and you put it for last season in twenty twenty two, I would feel a lot better about the Patriots. But it's just that the combination, like yes, they're getting better, but everything else is also getting better. Like their, their competition is getting better too. So I feel like it doesn't, it won't make a 
a difference in their record, it, unfortunately, is the thing, even if I believe their team is more functional. I think I would feel better, but I, I agree with Brian. I don't, I wouldn't feel it, like, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is kind of being overlooked, honestly. You know, he was, the the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. He was their number one receiver. Yeah, you have Travis Kelsey, obviously, technically a tight end. He's He was their real receiver their number one wide receiver right smith schuster was their number one wide receiver like he it's not nothing but it still kind of feels hollow and i getting deandre hopkins kind of i think would have similarly felt hollow to me it just i don't know i honestly i might have felt better if as opposed to deandre hopkins if they'd gotten uh dalvin cook and now they have to play against him twice um i don't know I don't know. I don't think, I think that there are definitely things they could have done that would have made me feel better. DeAndre Hopkins is one of them, but it's, it's kind of marginal. Um, the, 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 the thing with Mac Jones is that, you know, people keep talking about like, oh, well, if Mac Jones has this and he has that and he has this and that, then he can be great. And in this, in the, in the NFL today, in today's NFL, the best quarterbacks deal with deficiencies like Joe Burrow. He had the worst offensive line two years ago. He's in his O line last year still was not that great, but like he was getting killed in that 2021 season. And he still brought that team to the Super Bowl. And Mahomes, like he's won two Super Bowls now. And his, his teams, they've been great. Don't get me wrong, but like they're deficient. There have been deficiencies on their team, like defensively. And just last year, like, oh, they didn't have Tyreek Hill. What are they going to do? And they still won the Super Bowl. And, and then Josh Allen, like he's, he's, even though he doesn't have the same playoff success as those other two guys, like he's, he's someone that, uh, is still great, even if their team isn't perfect. I just think that when it comes to Mac Jones, like everything needs to be perfect for him to be great. And it's just like, well, the best quarterbacks deal with bad deficiencies on their team. And so, so even if they added Hopkins, which I would have been in favor of, I still don't think like oh that that's gonna what that's what's gonna put the Patriots over the top. And I, I agree what Kenny said that for the Patriots to really contend, in my opinion, things have to go right for them, and things have to go wrong for multiple teams in in the division. Uh, so I, I I've let you guys ramble on. No, I'm so I do want to give my own thoughts on here. <laughs> um, I'll try to keep this succinct. Uh, you know, we are spending a lot of time on the Patriots, but here's what I'll say. Did the Patriots do enough this offseason to contend for the to contend for the playoffs again? Yes, of course. Like the Patriots are still the Patriots. They're not the Texans. They're not the Cardinals. You know, they're not one of these teams that is more in the running for the number one overall pick than anything else. Uh, so let's let's kind of move on and talk about it here. So Juju Smith Schuster versus Jacoby Myers. If you want to call that a toss up, fine. I'm maybe more partial to Juju than I should be, but I think just looking statistically at the numbers, they're very close uh, in terms of overall numbers. And Jacoby has played more than Juju. So call that a health issue for Juju, whatever. Um, Mike Isiki over um, Johnny Smith. That's yeah, a that's upgrade. an upgrade for Johnny sure. Johnny was useless. Uh, and then Ezekiel Elliott versus Damian Harris. You know, Zeke, I get it. He's not the same player he was. But as a number two option, that's another one that kind of feels like a wash. Like, Zeke is a guy that you know that if you give him the ball near the goal line, you still like his chances of scoring a touchdown. You don't necessarily like his chances of going for that, an 85-yard touchdown like he did at Ohio State against that's Alabama. Why, but... That's why, unfortunately, I'm 
I'm even I, even though I hate it, I'm actually I'm okay with them bringing him in because they they really don't have any other options after Ramondre and mm-hmm. uh, I I kind of disagree with like it's a wash of Damien Harris. Although I will say Zeke is way more durable than Damien Harris, but I just I just think that. Damien Harris at at their points in their careers, because like, obviously Zeke from like seven years ago is way better. But yeah. like now, I mean, I I would prefer Harris, but but Harris does get hurt a lot, and so maybe just by default there, then and maybe Belichick, maybe you're right. It is a wash. You know, the, the the Patriots as a whole definitely had more use for Stevenson than they did Harris. It was thought they'd be one A and one B. It was a pretty clear one big drop off to two, um, and then ultimately looking at the offense. Bill O'Brien is undoubtedly a big upgrade over Matt Patricia uh, as an offensive coordinator, just in the fact that he knows how to call an offense (laughs) and combine the fact that he is a Bill Belichick disciple, whatever, like Kenny, you said he left a lot to be desired in Houston or whatever. He was a great coach. He was great at calling offense. His problems was when he decided to try to be GM as well. He couldn't do that. And that was when things went wrong. Uh, Ultimately, the, the Texans offense was still very good when they had a healthy Deshaun Watson. Mac Jones, like, we'll see what he can do. He looked really good at times in 2021. post by, he has not looked great. How much of that is him? How much of that is the OC situation? I don't know. Uh, but regardless, the Patriots last season, they went 8-9. and nine. They're a Ramondre Stevenson inside the 10-yard line fumble and a brain dead like one of the worst plays oh ever the away worst. from the going worst. yeah from going 10 and 7 and making the playoffs last year and look i get it afc is a loaded conference i understand that there are a lot of teams that their ceilings are higher but just looking at this division outside of maybe buffalo i feel most confident in the patriots reaching their ceiling and avoiding their floor just because you know that they are a functional franchise for the most part that a bad season for the patriots is going Seven and ten, eight and nine. A bad season for the Jets and Dolphins is way worse than that. Uh, and it might sound crazy to think that either of those teams would go seven and ten, eight and nine with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, healthy Tua Tagovailoa. You know everything like the team they have on paper. But ultimately, I mean, I feel like you still have to go in with like a pretty decent belief that the Patriots are better and wait for everything to play out. I know like they're underdogs in most of their games, but it's not like they're 10 point underdogs every week. Like they're one or two, three points at most in most of these games. And a lot of it, it's just a home versus away thing. I would not be shocked at all if the Patriots uh, make the playoffs. Like I definitely think they have a good chance. And I don't think that it's crazy to think there's a scenario where this team makes the playoffs. Ultimately, it's going to come down to what kind of an upgrade is Bill O'Brien on offense? Because the defense, like you said, there's reason to be happy about them. They were third in DVOA defensively, eighth in total defense, just going off yards. Like I, They didn't lose any I, big I, names. I think the defense is still going to be very good. It's just going to come down I to just, the offense. And you know, can it be good enough to compete? <laughs> I I, st- I still can't help but yes, like those stats look good, but I I also think they're inflated because of who they beat, backup I, quarterbacks it, and stuff. I I understand it, that concept. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of it's not as bad as what they did in. I don't know if you guys remember that 2019 season where they got off this hot start. They were like eight and zero, and then they ended the season four and four, and and then I'm, I'm sure Kenny remembers being there, and they lost they lost immediately in the wild card round to Tennessee, and. Mm-hmm. Their defense was kind of fraudulent. Where like, oh, they're the boogeyman. Like they're going to be, they're yeah, Yeah. like they're this elite defense, and then they're they're kind of exposed as the year went on. And it's it's not as bad as that year, but I I just look at last year and think that that some of those numbers are just inflated because of the bad quarterbacks that they beat. And they're going to face way more good quarterbacks this year. 
you know, I feel like we also thought that a lot of the quarterbacks they would play on that schedule would have been the starters, and they end up playing a lot of that's backups, that's so. true too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, maybe it's just me being like I've seen this with the Patriots. Like anytime you want to feel down on them, like some type of devil magic still exists with this team, and they'll still be good enough to contend. And all it takes is you know a few teams disappointing and the Patriots just at least being average enough to make the playoffs. And oh, there, there, stretch, there is. But, when it comes to the Jets and Dolphins, like you said, Corey, uh, and with the 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 offensive coordinator change, and it's not no longer Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, and it's Bill O'Brien, there definitely is more dysfunction or possible dysfunction with those other teams than New England, uh, mm-hmm. especially since New England, even if they're not explosive, they do look more functional now. I will say, Corey, it feels like it's been a while, you know, maybe since Brady, that that devil magic has surfaced. And frankly, I kind of miss it. Uh, but I do think if if the defense is as good as I expected, and there's a lot of great defenses in the in the league, in the conference, in the division, but if the defense is as good as I think it could be, the offense only needs to be average. You know, you look at a lot of the 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 best defenses over time, or at least that I remember. I mean, you look like the early 2010 Seahawks, the the Legion of Boom. The offense was like middle of the road every year, I as far as I remember. Like the, you only need one side of the ball to be great, really. Uh, I mean, you know, you see the Chiefs have done it with offense when they're lacking defense. It can go either way, but if the defense, I think the defense is going to be stronger than the offense, and if it's good enough, the offense can be a little bit lackluster and at least they'll have them you know losing the wild card round that counts as making the playoffs yeah and that's really the difference i still think i think their i still think their defense needs to be like really good this year because again like i mentioned earlier that if it was this team with this defense versus last year's schedule then i I would feel more confident about their playoff chances but just yeah but the schedule because of just how brutal their schedule is like their defense I really do believe in their defense to an extent. I just think that because of who they're facing and with their their lack of speed on offense and just explosive playmakers, I just think their their defense has to be special for for me to right, really, really right. believe in the Patriots winning the division. And uh, so so even though I I agree with uh, a lot of the points you guys are making, I, I just think it's a very uphill battle in my opinion. Uh, for them to really contend. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And it, it sounds really uh, like a lot in August. I think it does every year. But I do think that as the season plays out, the Patriots going to be better than expected. Other teams aren't going to be as good as expected. And, you know, maybe they just won't be in the AFC East. And the, the Patriots will go 8-9 and nine and finish in last place because of those divisional games. But um, I think going into the season with no hope or very little hope is uh, – you know, not not a not a great look because I do think the Patriots are still the Patriots, and I think that they can be good enough to at least make the playoffs. But when you're expecting Super Bowls after winning six in twenty years, I also understand that that's not really enough. So, um, anyway, we've kind of all. <laughs> I I I, I already know when Benjamin is listening to this, he's already going to make the edit <laughs> that says he's done it. A mostly Patriots podcast. I already know that's going to happen. <laughs> we spent a lot of time on the Patriots. I get it. Look, it's when we're talking about our own teams, it's easy. Like you're more in tune. Like you know and, more. And when you and have, everything. and when you have two people yeah. that are in tune with the team, then well, three. Corey's wearing juju yeah. right now. Oh, exactly. right, right. <laughs> 
All right. Two, let's, and, a, um, two and a half. Two and a uh, half. <laughs> two and a half men podcast. Yes. There, there you go. That that works. Two um, and a half Patriot I, uh, podcast. You know, they say the opposite of, uh, or they say hate is the opposite of love or whatever. So anyway. The enemy of, you, uh, the enemy of your enemy is my friend, right? Something like that. Uh, I don't know if that applies. I don't know if that applies. My bad. Scratch that. You are wordsmith, you know. <laughs> anyway, let's um, let's do one quick question. So we're eventually going to ask for a player or coach under the most pressure. But Brian, you're interested in finding out what team we believe is under the most pressure to succeed in 2023 in this division. So why don't you go first? Yeah, I will definitely go with the Jets as the team with the most pressure in this division, it just because of all the hype that they're getting and because of that there's less hype on the favorite in Buffalo in this division and like just having Aaron Rodgers there like the expectations are just so high for the Jets this year and like going from last place team to like oh we got we're gonna we got contend for a Super Bowl I just think that really puts a lot of pressure on the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and and Aaron Rodgers being on a new team and you know another thing why I believe they have the most pressure because of where they are, <laughs> like being in New York in New City. York. Well, New Jersey. Well, I know it's New, New Jersey. Jersey. I know <laughs> yeah. that, but like they New York metropolitan, area. New York City yeah. media. I I just think yes. that I just think that the the expectations along being in New, again New York involved uh, with New York the, City the media, yeah, the market, uh-huh. uh, the combination of all those things. Uh, just puts a lot of pressure on the Jets, and like, because if things go bad, like I could just so I can just totally see New York media calling out Aaron Rodgers and him getting all soft about s- something someone said, and it just things could go south if uh, if 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 things go like that. So uh, I think all four teams you can make a case for, but if I had to pick one, I will go with the Jets. <laughs> Yeah, I. it's kind of the opposite. Uh, when I was on the AFC South episode, I said I don't really think there's a lot of pressure in this division. Now there's so much. I think every team is under pressure to succeed. Um, I think the Jets are a fair pick, but I'll attempt to make a case for, for the favorite, for the Bills. Uh, I think there are pieces on other teams. You know, when you were talking about the Jets, Brian, you said the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers being on your team. I think Aaron Rodgers is under a lot of pressure. The Bills, to me, as a team, are under more pressure because, you know, we talked about that window closing. It, I don't think the window is necessarily closed, but if they can't at least match what they've done in past years, then I then I think it's pretty clear that a that a decline is happening, and I think that's happening anyway. But if they can't contend, if they, you know, they don't have to necessarily go to the Super Bowl, but they need to make the championship game for me to still buy in that. I that they'll be the favorite next year and we'll see how everyone else does in the division as well but it just to me if the Jets can't pull it off it's well not this year I don't is, is Rogers on a two-year contract yeah yeah so it's years. yeah so you know they didn't they don't get it now maybe next year the Bills it feels like if they can't pull it together and at least match what they've done uh, my expectations for them are just going to drop because I, it, I, it's it it's not now or never, but it's it's I, it's soon or never. You know, it's I, they have to do something. They have to do something this season. They have to show me that they're at least the same team, if not better, that we've seen the past few years. Whereas the Jets, 
anything's going to be a step up. So, you know, if if the Jets are as bad as they have been in past years, yes, that is that is ridiculous. <laughs> that is going to look really bad. But if if they're middle of the road, there's so many excuses you can make. Whereas the Bills, the Bills are supposed to be one of the top three teams in the conference. And so that's why I feel the Bills are under, you know, marginally more pressure because I do think that all four of these teams are under a lot of pressure to succeed. But I, I personally, I feel like if the Bills fail, it's going to look the worst. Uh, that's a great point. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, I'll still go with the Jets, but those, those yeah, are great yeah. points. Yeah, I mean, I think the Jets and the Bills are the two best answers here, just given expectations for these two teams. Uh, you know, there's reasons to kind of have a little bit of a pause on the Dolphins and the Patriots relative to these two. Bills, because they've been there for so long and haven't gone over the hump. Jets going all in on Aaron Rodgers. He is on a two-year deal, but who's to say that you know, next year, like they get, they got to do something this year. Uh, but just to throw out another team, I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins, and this might sound silly, but the Heat went to the NBA Finals. The Panthers went to the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals. The Marlins are potentially on the verge of making the playoffs in a non-COVID 162-game season for the first time in 20 years. Dolphins are in a, you know, South Florida's hot. Miami Hurricanes went to the Final Four. Florida Atlantic Owls went to the Final Four. Dolphins, it's your turn to continue all this Miami dominance. And if if it's anything like uh, some of those other teams, they not only have to make the playoffs, they got to go all the way to like the AFC Championship game or anything else is going to feel like a letdown uh, for those <laughs> South Florida fans. So, I, I mean, you know, just compared to the other teams in maybe outside of football, but like within their own sports region, uh, you know, the expectations are high for, for Miami to keep it going. So... We'll see if they can uh, live up to some of their counterparts in those other sports. So uh, with that, let's uh, let's move on to our normal uh, questions to wrap up each division preview. And let's start with a new addition to the AFC East that we believe can have the biggest impact. Uh, well, avoiding the very obvious answer, um, I'm going to go with, I think, still a pretty obvious answer. Uh, I've already kind of mentioned this, but... I think that Bill O'Brien is going to have such a massive impact on the Patriots and largely because he's not Matt Patricia and also Joe Judge, but mainly Matt Patricia. Um, but I I think he's a good fit. I think it's going to be it's going to be a, a good year for, for the Patriots. Maybe not a great year, but compared to the abysmal year they had offensively last season, I think it's going to be such a drastic change. Uh, and there's been a lot of change around this division. Um, but I just think the team's going to look completely different with an offense being run period, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. having someone who, who can, who's capable at all. Uh, I expect a, a big leap from the Patriots. Um, and yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of different players and coaches you can point to throughout the division, but I just think, and you know, it, I'm, I'm biased and I get more Patriots media than media from the other teams, but it just seems like Bill O'Brien is going to be such a massive upgrade from from what they were working with last season. So he's my pick for the the biggest impact. So we were talking about the you know the Bills' weapons earlier, like after Stephon Diggs and and you know you know Gabe Davis had sort of a down year last year, but I think I think there was just too much hype on that four touchdown game. But uh, you know, even though he's clearly not in Diggs' class, I still think he'll be good. But one guy that 
I think will be a really good upgrade or a really good addition for their team is Dalton Kincaid. They drafted him in the first round this year. I think this year had a really weak wide receiver draft class and free agency class. Like the the it was in the draft it was Jackson Smith and Jigba and and there were several other guys in taking the first round, but it wasn't looked at as a strong wide receiver class. Yeah, nobody in, terms in of the, the top five or top ten, which has yeah. been the norm like in the, recent like years. Number twenty was the highest pick. There's, and, and, there's a guy who's in the conversation to be number one overall pick next year. So yeah. like it, so, you know, it just speaks it, to wide receivers. It wasn't as year. strong as other years. And mm-hmm. and then in terms of free agency, like Alan Lazard was the best free agent receiver this 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 uh this offseason. So like there just wasn't a lot in terms of the wide receiver position. But so Dalton Kincaid, he's a tight end, but they're going to line up a lot at wide receiver. And I just think having another option after Diggs and Gabe Davis in their passing game is huge. And, you know, adding, I think adding Dalton Kincaid is going to be a, a big jump for their offense. Yeah. He was one of the names I had written down. Uh, as much as the wide receiver free agency draft uh, wasn't considered all that high, it was considered a deep tight end draft class. He was the only one that went in the first round. So. Yeah, you know, the expectations are are pretty. I think high it's gonna be like a that. really like I don't want to say it's Travis Kelsey, but just like that tight end wide receiver hybrid kind of role, where mm-hmm. even though he's a tight end, he'll line up a lot at receiver. So yeah, I, I like he, I like that pickup a lot. If he does that, I mean, it's just another weapon for that already explosive Bills offense. Um, so you know, Kenny had mentioned Bill O'Brien. I think another defense or coordinator who can have a big impact is Vic Fangio. I already kind of talked about him though. Instead, I'm going to go with a player and I would love to say Jalen Ramsey here, but he's not going to play till December. So (laughs) it feels kind of silly to bring him. So instead I'm going to go with Cam Smith, who was uh, not only a Gamecock, but he was there. And and not only a golfer. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you're right. Cam Smith, uh, the football player, he was their second round pick. Remember the Dolphins didn't have a first round pick after losing it from the whole Brady Peyton tampering thing and then trading the Niners first round pick to Denver for Bradley Chubb. Cam Smith all of a sudden is going to come in and there's going to be a pretty good expectation that he's going to be a starting corner and be a, a valuable contributor right away after Xavier Howard. You could throw an Eli Apple in this situation, but come on, let's talk about. Oh my God, um, no! Yeah, let, let's talk about <laughs> Smith here. Like he's uh, he's a second round pick who you know there certainly talks of him potentially being a first rounder. I think the Dolphins' secondary needs to be better, and it starts at the cornerback position. And you know, losing Jalen Ramsey, who was supposed to come in and be that number one or number two guy, depending on how you compare it to Xavier Howard, all of a sudden that puts a lot of pressure on Cam Smith to be impactful right away as a rookie. And I think if he is able to kind of, you know, perform at a high level as a rookie, which is difficult for cornerbacks, then that could go a long way for the Dolphins defense being good enough for that team as a whole to kind of, you know, take that next step and not just flirt with playoff contention, but actually be like a true contender in the AFC. Yeah, I I like uh, that call. But yeah, it is a shame that that Ramsey got hurt. Because I, I, Corey, like you mentioned, like Vic Fangio, you know, there are guys, and and Kenny mentioned Bill O'Brien uh, uh, just now that you know, some guys are just not good head coaches, but yeah. are great coordinators. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah. Just knowing, like, what what works. And Vic Vangio has been a like a defensive assistant in some sort of way for like 40 years. Yeah, and, I know. It took, <laughs> and it took him a long time to get a head coach job, and it just did not go well, unfortunately, for him. Yeah, and you know, Mike McDaniel, he's got. I mean, I love him. He's got a goofy personality. He probably goes too thick with it at times, but <laughs> uh, even though he's, 
he's looked as kind of goofy. He's definitely a sharp, offensive-minded head co- uh, head coach, and you know, just adding someone that can really, uh, you know, make an impact on the defensive side of the ball, coaching wise. Uh, I I I definitely give Miami a shot, even if it's it's just such a competitive division that um, you can only pick so many teams mm-hmm. uh, to <laughs> you can only pick one team to win. So yeah. Uh, and then yeah, like what Kenny said with Bill O'Brien, that like just by default, <laughs> going yeah. from going from the two clowns that they had to him, <laughs> just already makes their offense functional. Yeah, as it is. All right, so uh, we talked about team under the most pressure, but let's talk about the player or the coach under the most pressure to succeed. So Kenny, if you want to start the sun, yeah. Um... I don't know. I guess. Wait, did I we guess do that now. backwards. Time out. Sorry. No, it's okay. Think, it's fine. I did team. Okay. Like Kenny can do player. It's fine. Okay. I think. I guess now I'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, Brian mentioned him with with uh, with the Jets. Essentially, when you said the Jets are under the most pressure to succeed, and you mentioned Rodgers, that's how, I don't. I think it's not. You think the it's Jets. more of him th- and not the team. I think it's him. Yeah, and you know. There's there's an argument to be made for the team because he had a hand in putting the team together, uh, but I think that it's it, he needs to succeed. He needs to do well. I feel like f- everything I've seen from Aaron Rodgers, he's the king of excuses. He loves to point the blame at everyone around him. It was everyone else's fault. He didn't do well. Sometimes it is other people's fault. Sometimes bad calls are made. It's, you know, sure, but it's not always other people. You know, and I think to compare, you know. Corey, you compared it to several examples, including Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. I feel, I don't think this was Brady's only motivation, but Brady went to Tampa Bay and showed that his success on the Patriots wasn't just because of his team. It was him, you know, not fully. It's no one thinks that no one is thinks it's only the quarterback or that it's only the head coach or anything like that. But Brady showed that it it's him. He's the X factor. Rodgers, it feels kind of almost like the inverse that he's here to show that the Packers' failure was not because of him. It was because of the team around him. And if he comes here and stinks, if he comes here and the Jets are bad, or he's bad specifically, it kind of is just proving the point. It's sort of more, it's less Brady going to Tampa Bay and more Belichick being left in New England to flounder. And again, I'm not not trying to do a Brady-Belichick debate here, but I just think if... If Rodgers doesn't do well here, I'm sure he'll have more excuses because he always does. But it it kind of doesn't feel like he has a leg to stand on to say, oh, well, no, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. And granted, he did bring half of Green Bay here with him, so he could still try that angle. <laughs> Randall Cobb is still playing. <laughs> I don't know how. He's 32 years old. Yeah. Like, you assume he's like 39. Yeah, he's, he's been old for like yeah. four, yeah. the past four years. Uh, he's just been like... Just Rogers' pal and not really doing anything. I mean, that's going too far, but <laughs> I don't know. But no, but so that's I. I think I think if Rogers doesn't do well this year, and yeah, the you know the Jets have to do well because Rogers has to elevate them. I think that looks pretty bad on him, and it's you know that happens to a lot of quarterbacks that they go elsewhere and 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 kind of peter out. But Rogers hasn't really done much. I mean, it's, it's not really fair. He's won MVP recently. Um, but two MVP, yeah. <laughs> two, two, yes, yep. twice recently. But it, I don't know. For me as a fan, I would much rather see my team win it all than have 
my quarterback be MVP. I have to think that players want to win. And, you know, I grew up in New England watching the Patriots. They've been, they've been, you know, not recently, but growing up, they were good for as long as I can remember. And a lot of the team, especially Brady, you know, Brady had, I don't remember the question, but he just said, his answer was, I just like winning. And that's what I feel like players must want, right? You can win all the MVP awards you want, but if you, if you don't win at the end of the day, to me, it feels hollow. And so I'm not saying the pa- the the Packers. I'm not saying the Jets have to win the Super Bowl, but I feel like they need to do more than lose in the wild card round, but have Aaron Rodgers win MVP again. You know, I, that doesn't that's not going to mean much to me. Oh, he definitely prioritizes the 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 individual stuff, especially with MVPs. More that's than, fair. More I than... guess he he does. I just don't agree with it. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's a great answer. Uh, that that would be number one, my number one choice, but just to be different, you guys probably won't like this answer. But uh, you know, Kenny, you're talking about Brady and Belichick. I think there's a lot of pressure on Bill Belichick. Uh, in one hundred percent agree. Yes, because I agree with that too. I'm kind of repeating myself already, but any coach would, and literally any coach would have been fired for what happened last year, along with uh, just the the other two seasons prior as well just ever since Brady left man it's three seasons one playoff appearance and getting your ass kicked in that playoff game versus Buffalo and and you know I, I think there's a lot of pressure on Mac Jones too but and I didn't love how Mac Jones handled last year at times I definitely think he showed signs of Im- immaturity and I don't and and sort of lack of toughness being out as long as he was even though it was kind of a bad injury uh, I I I just think the most blame for what happened last year was Bill Belichick, and I yeah I oh, just I agree. I just think that, th- th- in my opinion, I'm I may be wrong, but I I just I think the Patriots have to have I don't want to say a like amazing year, but they they gotta show that they're still contending by the end of December or or week 18 which I yes technically they did do that last year but it was such a joke that like it's almost like default by just by yeah like yeah by default that that they're in it and and I I just again that their schedule is gonna be so so tough this year that they're gonna have to perform obviously have to perform uh better than what they did last year but I just think the combination of uh yeah, the their 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 schedule, their 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 division along with uh, the rest of their schedule is gonna be so much tougher that they really really have to uh, improve their play on their team. And so I think there's a lot of pressure on Bill to succeed this year because if he doesn't, that's gonna be another year without Tom Brady and not succeeding. Because the more time goes on, uh, it, you know, Bill's looked at as well. You have all the success, but you ha- you can only do it with Tom Brady. Tom Brady or Bill Parcells every ring he has is tied to one of them and you know it's a it feels like a bit of a reach but but what he it's it feels like a bit of a reach to say to to group Parcells in there and say you can link anyone to other people when they win championships but when Belichick was a head coach he had he had Brady and when he had Parcells he wasn't a head coach so I agree I I maintain I don't think Belichick ever gets fired i mean he's 71 years old he doesn't you know he's not gonna be coaching forever i think if he continues to have down years he just coaches until he retires and you know i say worst case scenario he steps away and we never know 
the truth of what happened. If he's asked to step away, you know, no one ever is going to officially say that. Uh, I think he's under a lot of, pr- of pressure to succeed. Yeah, to show that he's the greatest coach of all time, which is an argument I think is silly. I never like greatest of all time debates. But yeah, he wants to show it wasn't Brady. He wants to, sh- and like I say, he's and, probably and not unfa- thinking about it's, Bill Parcells. It's, it's, but. it's unfair to say, oh, it was 100% Brady and Bill was just along for of the course. ride. Like that's... That's asinine. Like that's so dumb to say. Even I, absolutely, being, the, it was, being it as was, big of a Brady supporter as I am, like even I know that's no, dumb. I mean, me too. That's a ridiculous take, and I'm I would never say that. And I think anyone who says that is is ridiculous. But Brady left and immediately won. Yes, there were other pieces involved, of course. But since he left, Belichick has not had a good team, you know. And so, yeah, I don't think he's going to be on the hot seat. But I think that he is going. It's not that his legacy is going to be in question, but the you know the longer he does poorly, the more people are going to remember that, and the less they're going to remember the success. It's just it's not gonna it's it's not gonna look good on him. I don't think that his job is going to be in danger, but it's it's not gonna look good. And people I, people have all these opinions about like oh players don't think about this statistic, they don't think about that. Belichick is absolutely thinking about the record for most wins. No question. Especially uh, Don Shula, I believe, is the one who called him Belichick. Like, the, you know he still thinks about that. The, he absolutely wants that. And if he can't get it in the next two seasons, it's just kind of be like, okay, yeah, well, he did it, but he just kind of stuck around because he, he stuck around and got six wins a season until he could get the record, you know? And then it doesn't mean as much. And so, yeah, I feel... Sorry, I feel like I've hijacked your pick here, Ryan, but I just, <laughs> I I agree that it's, he's under a lot of pressure, but I think it's just in a different way. It's just for, for the optics and for, for his legacy, less for the pressure to succeed or he's going to lose his job, you know? Yep. I mean, I, I agree with the concept here. All I'll say is I'm glad that Brian picked Belichick so I didn't have to. Um <laughs> <laughs> So okay. anyway, um, I'm going to go with a an answer that is in a similar vein, um, maybe a little outside the box. And that is Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. And look, I know that he just got a contract extension this offseason. Cliff Kingsbury is proof that it only means so much. And I know there are a lot of Bills fans who are getting frustrated with that situation, how this, this team has played, particularly in the playoffs. So uh, Sean McDermott as Buffalo Bills head coach since 2017 he's four and five in the playoffs if you want to throw out the 2017 Tyrod Taylor loss in Jacksonville and even the 2019 year two Josh Allen before the Bills entered the stretch of winning three game or three straight divisions fine let's look at those four wins they beat the seven seeded Indianapolis Colts with Philip Rivers 27 to 24 field goal win they beat the Baltimore Ravens 17 to 3. Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Eventually, Tyler Huntley fills in. And one of those touchdowns was a 101 yard pick six. Um, blew out your Patriots. You know, sorry about that. <laughs> Big win for the Bills. Uh, but then last season, 34 31 over Skylar Thompson, like in the Miami Dolphins, another seven seed beating him by a field goal. And the losses just kind of get worse and worse. And the, the 2021 loss to the Chiefs, I think, was, again, I said coin flip, I think, comes down to a worn-out defense. Uh, 2020, Chiefs are just a better team. But 2022, against the Bengals at home, in the snow, you're the Buffalo Bills, and you go out and get embarrassed like that, 27-10. to 10. I don't think it's crazy to say that Sean McDermott is kind of on the hot seat here. And if the Bills don't 
get at least back to where they have been in the past in terms of the AFC Championship game, then I don't think it would be that crazy for the the Bills to kind of look themselves in the mirror and say, hey, look, what is going on with this team? We need to make some kind of change. It's not Josh Allen, so... I think I think, I think McDermott's a, on the sword. I think he's so you mentioned the the Kingsbury thing with the extension and mm-hmm. it's not yeah, crazy I mean, to say Kingsbury, they get fired. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't say that you were, you were thinking uh-huh. that, but but Sean McDermott's a much sharper coach, which is not debatable, and you know that too. Uh, he's definitely a sharp defensive mind, but you definitely can question what they are they're like in big games. Though you can definitely question mm-hmm. that part of it with Buffalo and. Their players and their coaching staff for sure. So I like that pick. All right. So yeah, I mean, I don't disagree oh, sorry, with yeah, it. Go ahead. No, uh, I, I well, you know, like I mentioned, the Bills being under a lot of pressure to succeed. So, I, you know, at some point, someone has to answer for it. So yeah, just in short, I don't disagree with the pick either. Okay. So with that, let's uh, wrap up this division finally with a bold prediction. And uh, I guess I'm the one who always gets to start with bold predictions. So. Uh, I'm going to throw out two. Uh, my first bowl prediction, week one, Super Bowl rematch, Juju Smith-Schuster versus James Bradbury. All the crazy stuff going on in Gillette, Tom Brady getting his you know number retired, whatever is going on there. Um, <laughs> Patriots offense comes out, looks great, ends with Juju just embarrassing James Bradbury. But Bradbury doesn't hold this time. Juju scores a touchdown, and in typical Juju fashion, he's going to go up and taunt – James Bradbury, draw a penalty flag. Uh, all of a sudden, the Patriots are kicking a 48-yard extra point. No good. And then the Patriots offense fizzles out after that. They end up losing like 31-6. to And Belichick says, Juju, that's on you. Trades him some team in the NFC. And his Patriots run ends after one game, mercifully. So that's Corey, one bold prediction. If that comes true, I'm going to be <laughs> terrified. <laughs> Um, my real bold prediction, um, that is very bold and I do, I, I've convinced myself is real. Um, Buffalo bills are going to miss the playoffs. I think that the bills are trending downwards. The AFC looks loaded. The AFC East looks loaded. And I'm just going to call my shot and say that something's going to go wrong. Stefan Diggs will probably be at the center of it. And the bills will find themselves outside of the top seven. And, you know, Sean McDermott is not going to keep his job because of it. Assume, I, I presume that was what would happen. So. You can go next, Kenny. Sure. Uh, that's an interesting pick, Corey. Uh, I, it's hard for me to come up with a bold prediction for this division because it feels like pretty much anything could happen. Uh, but I'm going to say no one in this division wins a playoff game this year. Uh, Ooh, okay. I don't know Hot. who's going to make it. <laughs> I don't know who's going to make it to the playoffs. One of these teams, two of these teams, three of these teams, almost certainly not four of these teams uh, which I've heard people talking about. I think that's insane. Uh, but it just feels like, like you say, Corey, the Bills are on a decline. Aaron Rodgers is a choke artist. The Dolphins, the Dolphins, it might, to me, have the best chance of just holding it together. And I hate if, to bring injuries to, into if it. If Tua's head is on straight. With right. Concussions. You know, they're plagued by injuries. <laughs> the Patriots, I think the Patriots have what it takes to claw their way there. I don't know if I really think that they're still the Patriots that – that can pull off realistically a a road win in the playoffs. They're going to be on the road in the wild card round if they make it. I assume. I just I could easily see even two or three of these teams going and just not winning games. I I 
I don't know. I just something about it. All these teams feel so good, but they just feel like they're all missing something, and I just see them all fizzling out in the end. I I like I like uh, I like both you guys. Both call. I'm not not saying they're gonna happen, but they're bold. They're bold. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely bold. <laughs> um, I got one that's pretty bold, especially for okay. Kay, since he's said numerous times in the opposite direction. Um. Yeah, like I, I think I'm. I think of the three of us, I'm the most down on New England. Uh, I just think that the other three teams have just so much more upside. They lack a lot of playmakers on on offense and their defense. Even though I do think it's good, I I do think that there's just too many good offenses that they have to play this year for them to be to be really good. And I do have them last in this division. That's not the bold call. Um, That's not that bold. <laughs> the bold call is that the 2024 Patriots head coach will be Gerard Mayo. <laughs> That's my bold call. All right. And they'll and 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 Kenny, you said yeah, that like well, Bill Belichick won't be fired. Well, they'll probably like part ways. <laughs> It'll probably be something sure. like that. And you know another thing. Why is Bill Belichick still coaching? Well, probably because he loves it and has nothing else to do. But. Um, he really wants it's that record, Shula like record. you mentioned with it's Shula. It's the Don Shula record. It's the Don Shula record. Yeah. He's 18, <laughs> 18 away from tying, 19 away from breaking. So he needs to get, he needs to have two winning seasons two, to have two, that. Two, or two or just okay one amazing seasons. season. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just think that, which, yeah. yeah, first of all, that's unlikely. But uh, <laughs> you know another thing? It's possible. He's, he's, uh, he's, so he's catching, uh, yeah, like Don Shula in terms of a, uh, breaking the wins record you know what he's also almost uh br- gonna break if he keeps coaching the loss record <laughs> yeah, i was wondering about that <laughs> he, yeah so you know what that tells me who who cares if you have the most wins if you also have the most losses like great I mean, it sounds like you just well, that, which is which is not fair but like well no that's why i think that these debates are always ridiculous yes i do think he's chasing don shula's record and that makes sense to me because it's he wants more wins than anyone does that make him the greatest coach of all time no because you can't compare people. It just doesn't work. But that's and Kraft. Cra- uh, he's he's talked about this in the, with the media multiple times that that the results have not been there, and it's been three yeah. years now. And if they have another down season, that's before seasons without Tom Brady and not doing anything. And I just think you're just you're just holding on for too long with that. And I just think at some point you got to start turning the page. And yeah, so I that's that's my bull call. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think it's gonna be Joe Judge. <laughs> Stop, please, no. <laughs> also, Bill one O'Brien more thing. Replacing oh, go ahead. His head coach and GM. <laughs> uh, well, one more thing. One uh, I was listening uh, to the ASC South episode. My bull call was all over the place, so I'd like to make mine more concrete uh, okay. and make myself and look look dumber. I'll say Tank Bigsby wins <laughs> Offensive Rookie of the Year. Which is seventy five right. to one, by the way. I it was all yeah, over the place. I'm like, I want to revise this a little bit. Uh, so, uh-huh. yeah, Tank Bigsby, offensive rookie of the year. Even though it'll probably be Bijan and look really stupid by the end, but gotta be bold, like you said. That's why Corey. it's bold. Yeah, yeah that's why it's bold. <laughs> exactly, it's bold prediction. So, uh, anyway, that'll do it for the <laughs> AFC East uh, divisional preview. I think it's fair when you have two people that are fans of teams in the division for it to run a little longer than some of the other ones we've done. 
Um, so anyway, thank you, Kenny, for joining us. I think yeah, this will be the last time we have you for a preview episode, but I'm sure we'll find we'll a see. way to sneak you into the NFL season when games actually start. It's a tease. Sounds good. Yeah, and of course, check out the C-Team podcast uh, if you want to listen to just three guys ramble on about random things for much less time than this one. Yeah, usually. <laughs> Actually, always, yeah. yeah. Always. I was going to say usually. Like, how about, <laughs> no, how about <laughs> every time? <laughs> yeah, your, our, our draft is probably as long as most of your episodes. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Brian and I have a few more of these to do. Uh, definitely excited about them. So for... Our guest host, Kenny Cashman, regular co-host, Brian Wells. I'm Corinne Votney. I actually got to do the sign off this time. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>